are now listening to the Holistic Healing Arts Podcast with Sydney Locke. Welcome back to another Holistic Healing Arts Podcast. My name is Sydney, and today I'm joined here with Dr. Michelle Webb. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course. Uh, Dr. Webb is one of our newest uh, naturopathic doctors here at Holistic Healing Arts. Um, she's just graduated, just got her official license. It's very exciting to have her on board, and we're stoked to have her on the show today um, talking about migraines, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so, yeah, please. Thanks so much for the beautiful introduction, Sydney. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, you know what? I feel like I wanted to come on here today just to definitely talk about like headaches and migraines because you, they are quite debilitating. Mm-hmm. Very common as well. You don't really realize. Exactly. You don't really understand the differentiation between just a regular headache or what a migraine is as well, right? 100%. And we're definitely going to get to that today. Sort of helping people understand what's the difference between a migraine and headache and even if like some red flag symptoms to look out for if you do think you should be going to the hospital or doctor in that circumstance as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, We just wanted to say a little disclaimer before, um, although Michelle is a doctor, she is not your doctor. So everything we say here is just for pure information based. Um, Do with the information what you will, but we do obviously suggest that you go see your, um, your GP or your naturopathic doctor. Yeah, perfectly said. That. <laughs> um, so yeah, just to begin with, I guess some general stats about headaches, which I think is kind of interesting. Actually, over fifty percent of the population suffers from one headache in their lifetime. Massive. Wow, that's massive. I know, right? And the problem with headaches is that it's just not like a one-time thing. It occurs over and mm-hmm. over and over again. So of that fifty percent women are three times more likely than men to actually suffer from headaches and migraines. As if we don't suffer from I know, right? (laughs) I agree. So I will say what I see in practice is actually a lot more females coming into my office with the headaches and the migraines. And I will say there is some hormonal component Mm -hmm. to that, um, but that might be another topic for another day. Um, But yeah, so that's, um, it actually is one of the leading causes of disability Mm -hmm. in Canada as well. And over uh, $500 million is actually lost yearly to headaches. Jeez. Because of disability um, benefits and stuff like that? Exactly. Absenteeism and also the medications. Because you know what? The medications that we have conventionally, absolutely amazing, but they are quite expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I personally, I've been on um, migraine medication before. And for me, it didn't help. It didn't help at all. And so since starting working at Holistic Healing Arts, I've had different, yeah, yeah <laughs> different natural remedies that I find have actually been more beneficial than taking um, original pharmaceuticals. Amazing. So, yeah. And you know what that is? What sort of the research says as well, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Which we love. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm thinking about today is we'd sort of just talk a little bit more about migraines today. Mm-hmm. And then for our next talk is what I'm hoping we'll talk about tension headaches. Because those are the two most common ones I see in my practice. Mm-hmm. And I think both of them need their own spotlight. Absolutely. Let's dive into it. Yeah. Perfect. Give us, give us some information. Awesome. So with migraines, what is a migraine? I know a lot of people come into my office and they're like, you know what, Michelle, like I'm suffering from a migraine. But then we start asking questions that's not a migraine. Mm-hmm. And the treatment is so different between tension headaches and migraines. So in regards to a migraine, Typically what you'll notice is you'll have what's called like a pulsatile pain in the head and it's usually on both sides Mm -hmm. and it can feel like a sharp stabbing pain. A lot of people may experience like photophobia, which is essentially where you have sensitivity to light, you can get nausea, 
They usually only last about 72 hours. Some people also get what's called an aura. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced those. I personally have, yeah. Me too. It is. I know. It's really awful. So an aura, for listeners uh, hearing this, it's essentially where in your vision, usually before a headache, sometimes during, you get what's called like an impairment in your vision. And sometimes it can be just a little black spot. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a little squiggle but it can definitely impair your ability to do your normal activities of living. Yeah, even when I personally had it, um, even when I closed my eyes, yes. my it, it's it's like this sparkling almost, mm-hmm. and it's so distracting, and it's it it's awful. <laughs> it's disorienting. <laughs> yeah, right? I agree, and it's it's very unfortunate, and it, sometimes it can happen in one eye or both eyes. Mm-hmm. I will say those are like the most common symptoms. Like I would say. Versus like a tension headache, it might just be more dull, achy, and it lasts more than one day. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, but that's essentially a quick way for most of my patients. I sort of talk with them to sort of rule in or rule out a migraine. Awesome. Um, with that being said, there is obviously some like red flag symptoms to always look out for that I always like to make sure that all my patients know when they come into my visit because. Obviously, I'm here to help them long term, but if something else is going on, I want to make sure that they're getting that treatment that they need. Absolutely. So if you have like a sudden a sudden headache that comes on like a thunderclap is what we call it in um, medical terms, actually, <laughs> a thunderclap headache. Um, if that happens, that is a red flag. That means you should probably go to the hospital. If you have changes in your vision that last greater than one hour, because I think that's a big thing as well to keep in mind. If you feel like there's a change in the quality of your headache and it's like it's something you've never experienced before and it's more intense than it ever has been. The other thing is you might notice like changes in like t- um, ringing in the ears. Those are all symptoms. If you do experience this, I do recommend going to your family doctor to okay. get that assessed. Just as a disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like often people just, you got a bit of a headache, you just pop a Tylenol, pop an Advil and you kind of rest it out. Um, but I didn't really realize because I've definitely had thunderclap headaches before and I never really realized I just I just assume that it's one of my migraines coming on I chill out Mm -hmm. and mine typically last for at least a day Mm -hmm. at least a day sometimes more yeah and and afterwards I always find too that I almost feel like hung over after my headache um the following day and that's obviously not a fun feeling as well because you're just so exhausted and it's like i haven't even done anything (laughs) i know and that's the problem with headaches is that we we commonly experience them so often and it it can affect up to like five days at a time Mm -hmm. in a Mm -hmm. row um but no it's always good to go to your doctor if you notice any changes (laughs) with that obviously if you've been assessed and your doctor's been like it's no problem then it's not as much of a concern but it's those big changes that we notice in headaches because that can be something else going on what what um what do you think can cause what commonly causes these big changes would you say like in the headaches yeah migraines. so sometimes unfortunately like it can be like a brain tumor mm-hmm. it could be like a hemorrhage of the brain as well or something else going on that obviously I can't address that mm-hmm. is out of my scope of practice yeah yeah absolutely mm-hmm. that's why you need to go take care of yourself everyone exactly <laughs> I agree yeah but let's get to the fun stuff a let's little bit so unfortunately with migraines like I would say the actual mechanism of action so what causes them is sort of unknown there's multiple theories some of them believe it's due to like inflammation due to excessive vasodilation of blood vessels in the brain sometimes it can even just do to like hyper excitability Mm -hmm. Um, with that being said a lot of the treatments that we're going to get to in a little bit will sort of help explain that a little more and sort of explain why they're sort of beneficial so I know we mentioned about um, medications. Mm-hmm. So there are so many different medications on the market these days to sort of help give that relief for a migraine. Mm-hmm. 
Of the ones that are out there, I will say they are super beneficial if they help, but they do come with a lot of side effects. Yeah. Right? And everyone has to do what's best for them, weigh the benefits and the cons of anything that they're taking. Yeah, absolutely. So the probably the most common one that we see people take are like acetaminophen mm-hmm. or your general NSAID, right? Yeah. And that can definitely have some benefit, right? So it, this has what's called a number to treat of three to seven, okay? And do you know a little bit about what a number to treat is? No, I don't personally. No problem. So um, the number to treat essentially represents how many people you need to treat to give a person relief. So for example, you have five people. You treat If you treat five people with acetaminophen, one person will get relief. Oh. So with acetaminophen, the number, the smaller the number, the better the outcome, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you treat one person, one person will get relief. With acetaminophen and NSAIDs, it's between three and seven okay. in order to get one person to get relief. Okay. Okay? Um, that is still a good number, mm-hmm. I will say, relatively statistically. Okay? Yeah. But not everyone will get that relief from it. So then there's other medications called tryptans. And I think, was that the one that you were on before? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So tryptans are definitely one of the first-line therapies. Mm-hmm. Very beneficial. They work through a different um, mechanisms to sort of address what we sort of discussed quickly earlier. And they can be really good when used earlier on for pain management. Mm-hmm. With that being said, they come with a lot of side effects. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you experienced any of them. Yeah. So I, my doctor initially wanted me to be taking... Um, a medication every day mm-hmm. whereas I didn't want to do that I didn't want to be on a medication so um, my specific one that I was taking was um, whenever I would feel a migraine coming on but by the time I would feel it and I would take the pill it was too late and it didn't matter anyways mm-hmm. so I didn't really see personally a benefit in taking them at all exactly and they actually say 50% of people will not typically notice a change mm-hmm. and of those 50% who do they usually suffer from the side effects like you said how you feel like super fatigued afterwards yeah although that can be related to the migraine it can also be related to the medication afterwards it can actually worsen your nausea and if you're on them long time for greater than 15 days it can actually cause migraines and headaches oh gosh <laughs> I know it's, it's it's like that fine line that we're yeah. trying to walk right now right yeah. so those are I would say are the most common just to give an idea for the number to treat for tryptans It's between two and three. So quite effective, I will say, based on the evidence. But again, it's that side effect that we have to look out for. More importantly, do you know the do, do you know the cost of how much it is for per dose of those tryptans? No, but the bottle of them they they get quite expensive. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> it, it can cost especially if you don't have benefits. Exactly, yeah. and so it can actually cost anywhere depending on what brand you're going for, no name, like generic, etc. It ranges anywhere from twelve dollars to a dose to one hundred seventy-two dollars a dose. Oh, man. So it's not economically friendly, no, right? Yeah. And this is why I think talking about the supplements is where we're really gonna be like, whoa, like it's actually a huge like benefit mm-hmm. and they're cost effective. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so those are the first line therapies for medications. There's some other ones, ergots, um, uh, beta blockers, etc. Mm-hmm. but not, nothing we're gonna really dive in today about. Um, but in regards to, I guess, what I recommend to my patients, again, as Sydney said, I'm, I am a naturopathic doctor, but I'm not your doctor <laughs> by any means. Take all of this with a grain of salt. Exactly. <laughs> Always talk with your family doctor or your naturopathic doctor to make sure that these treatments are right for you. Supplements may seem like they're benign, but they can cause harm in some instances. So it's always good to make sure you're double checking that. Okay. 
Um, with the first supplement that I'd like to talk about, which is something that I love so much, I know we've talked about Sydney, is melatonin. Mm -hmm. And you, you take melatonin, right? I do occasionally, like, mm -hmm. but um, I was taking it consistently for, I want to say, maybe a week or so, just to kind of regulate my schedule, which you'll probably explain the, the ins and the outs of it. Yeah. But um, I find that I don't have to take it all the time now, which okay. is so great. Good. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. So, <laughs> melatonin, as some people may have heard of it, everyone thinks of it as a supplement that's good for sleep. And I will say, yes, it is amazing <laughs> for sleep. So how melatonin essentially, like how it works in your body, is actually released by an area in your brain when the lights start going down. <laughs> and it actually is a very potent anti-inflammatory. I didn't know that. Yes, it is. It's actually one of the most potent anti-inflammatories. I use it also in oh fertility, some other areas, nerve uh, degeneration. It's amazing. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's super cool. So acts as an anti-inflammatory. It also helps to reduce neuronal excitability and prevent vasodilation, which are those triggers that I sort of mentioned of like the theories of why migraines occur. Mm -hmm. So that being said, there's been so much research recently coming out in probably the last three years mm -hmm. of melatonin. So going back to that number to treat, okay? On the research, it actually says the number to treat with melatonin is two. If you remember, NSAIDs were two to seven mm -hmm. and tryptins were two to three. Wow. So it shows you how effective it is based on the research from yeah. that perspective. Yeah. If you're a numbers person. <laughs> um, but it can be so effective of preventing a migraine. And the cost of melatonin, as you probably know, Sydney, is like pennies. Yeah, it is. It is. So cheap. So the evidence actually shows that people who are taking it chronically, um, for myself, I usually give it, if it's a general person coming in, there's no correlation with their hormones as like a female. I will give it to them like throughout their whole their whole cycle, for example. And that can actually be effective of reducing the frequency and severity of migraines. Some people, they will completely get no migraines. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. It is, isn't That's it? Amazing. And there is some uh, research to sort of back up that it's our, our sleep is also a huge factor yeah. that does influence our migraines and our headaches. Wow. So then basically it, it helps to reset your cycle. So if you're sleeping mm -hmm. better and longer and... Mm -hmm whatever um it can completely help with that i think that's what was helping me probably i yeah. mean my migraines are triggered by a number of things mm -hmm. um but that was one factor so then once i found that i was sleeping soundly throughout the night it definitely reduced my migraines significantly yes and it, it definitely does mm -hmm. and so that's definitely one of my favorite ones that i tend to lean towards in practice that's just me mm -hmm. but again it's not for everyone um the other ones that you've probably heard of is like riboflavin or b2 B2, yeah. Yes, you heard of B2. <laughs> I just learned what riboflavin was yesterday. Oh, awesome. Like the technical term. Yeah, yeah, so B2, yeah. which is great. Um, this one has a number to treat of 2.3. So still very effective mm -hmm. and as effective as, based on the research, of your typical conventional medication, but at, like, the cost of it is so much lower. Yeah. And there's not many side effects. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there is, any, there is side effects with anything you take, but the side effects are much less as compared to the conventional treatments. Interestingly, with B2, they find that um, at a specific dose in the research, it can actually also reduce the frequency and severity to greater than 50%. Oh my goodness. I know, right? That's awesome. Um, it's um, the one, the new um, upcoming research, I would say, is that they find that those of European background mm -hmm. do not benefit from B2. Mm -hmm. Have, do they know why and what for what reason? Yes, so B2 is very um, is necessary for the mitochondria. If we go back all the way to grade 12 biology, <laughs> think way back when, 
Um, we learn about the mitochondria, the electron transport chain, the Krebs cycle. I know I'm giving some people PTSD right now. <laughs> um, but B2 is so important, a part of that cycle for producing energy and everything else. This is how B2 sort of works. And they find that individuals with this specific um, European background have changes in their mitochondria where supplementing with B2 will not make any difference. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. It's, it's interesting how genetically yeah. every treatment does affect us slightly differently. Wow. Yeah. The more you know. I know, right? <laughs> um, some of the other ones that people know of is obviously CoQ10. Mm-hmm. CoQ10 is also important for mitochondria function. This one has a number to treat of three. Again, still so effective. Mm-hmm. Um, the only problem with this one is obviously um, it can actually lower your blood pressure a lot, so I don't recommend it to all my patients mm-hmm. by any means. So some of the other ones that people have heard of maybe is like fever few or butterball or butterbur, sorry. <laughs> Not the chicken. <laughs> um, so this um, these two are very beneficial. I will say a lot of like naturopaths and herbalists do recommend it. There's not as much research to support its use, so it isn't something that it's like I always recommend, but um, definitely something that we should be looking for more in the research, hopefully, mm-hmm. as time goes on. Um, and I know a big one, which I know you have experience with, said is magnesium. Yes, yes. I've been taking magnesium religiously for years, but I didn't really realize the specific type that I should be taking. Mm-hmm. So then I've just switched over and I've definitely noticed a change. I mean, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. um, I've been feeling great since like kind of switching out my regime lately. So that's been really, really nice. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So magnesium is so important it actually does help with like the neuronal excitability reducing that down it, it does help with some inflammation to some extent mm-hmm. um, but they do find that individuals who do suffer from migraines specifically females mm-hmm. during your later half of your cycle due to the fluctuations in our hormones our magnesium actually plummets really mm-hmm. so that's why it is very beneficial to actually try magnesium and it doesn't have like as many side effects as some other things mm-hmm. it's quite gentle um it can be very effective for those migraines oh amazing yeah amazing. so i've been taking it for multiple reasons and i didn't even really realize there you it go. <laughs> amazing yes um so those are sort of i guess like a general amount of supplements that um that most of the research is sort of backing up with the most evidence. Mm-hmm. There's definitely more research needed, because I think there definitely could be more out there, but I definitely think it's a good starting ground. I think for sure it's become more of um, a topic to discuss as of in the late years, because I mean, growing up, I've been having chronic migraines since I was probably about 17, wow. 16, mm-hmm. it's like almost 10 years. Um, so. I mean, and, and nobody really knew what they were. Yeah. And now it's being it's it's more like spoken about. So then there's more remedies and there's more natural ways to go about it. And I mean, I'm all about the natural ways to fix things. So it's kind of nice that they're doing more research on everything. Yeah, and hopefully more is coming out. And there's gonna be I've seen more about um, NAC and acetylcysteine. I don't yeah. know if you know about that one. Yeah. That's sort of coming out. So too premature, I would say, for me to comment on it at this time. But there's some promising evidence coming. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Healing Arts, we also offer um, intravenous therapies, um, which also there's specific cocktails that we um, we administer to patients. So there's only two of our doctors that do it at the moment, um, which we will have them on there and chat about this later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there is um, there's proof that even IV therapies 
Um, sometimes do help with migraines um, if you have the right vitamin dosages. Exactly. So, no, yeah. 100%. And a lot of some of these are actually found in those IVs, <laughs> which, <What> is that? <laughs> <laughs> which is great. Which is great. But those are, I guess, they're more of the supplement perspective. But I think a big part of what I do in my practice is more dietary and lifestyle changes because mm-hmm. I think those are some big things that can make a huge impact and they're free and inexpensive to implement. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know your triggers for migraines. Um, there's a few. Uh, one of them is if I am tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite sensitive to light as well. Yeah. Um, and that would probably be it. Change in change in um, air pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm thirsty, like there's so many things that just all of a sudden. Uh, but I'd say light and um, my sleep habits are definitely stress. Yeah, yeah. it's a huge it's a lot. It's a lot, and it does. It, it, the second you change your lifestyle. Um, and kind of your habits, even just minimal changes, it makes such a difference. It does, and especially I think with, unfortunately, with COVID and the mm-hmm. lockdown, we are in front of our screens a lot more. Yes, absolutely. We are definitely more stressed. Absolutely. Which then impacts our sleep, and I have been seeing an, like a, a slow increase in migraines and headaches mm-hmm. as a result of that, but I'm glad that you know your triggers. Yeah. It's so important to know <laughs> yeah. them, but I think you made a good point, like sleep, we, I know we talked about with melatonin, but sleep is a huge impact mm-hmm. on your migraines. Um, people typically what I recommend is to get like your general eight to nine hours of sleep Mm -hmm. every night to make sure you are feeling rested. Mm -hmm. There is evidence to show it can prevent migraine frequency and severity from that perspective. Um, Another thing to think about is diet changes. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you have any dietary triggers for yourself. I don't know necessarily in terms of my migraines. I haven't mm-hmm. quite figured that out. Um, there's definitely things that I tend to stay away from just because. Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't really, I haven't really figured out if I have any food sensitivities that trigger my migraines yet. Yeah. So I will say there's like everyone is slightly different. Mm-hmm. Some people can have triggers. Like I have a trigger towards like, and like eggs mm-hmm. will trigger my migraines for myself for oh, headaches. Wow. Versus you might not have that problem. Yeah. So everyone is very individualized. Yeah. Based on the research though. Um, things that are high in what's called tyramine, mm-hmm. and, uh, like amino acids, can definitely um, result in increased migraine frequency. These include like MSG mm-hmm. sometimes, like uh, old cheese, wine, a lot of the good things, unfortunately. A lot of the good things, yeah. <laughs> Some other triggers for people are like nitrates and nitrites that are found in those cured meats, mm-hmm. aspartame, uh, chocolate. Again, good things. <laughs> um, but sort of, if you, even if someone is experiencing migraines, just trying to eliminate those things out mm-hmm. can honestly have huge impacts without the need of additional intervention mm-hmm. at this time. So that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is that sometimes going on what's called elimination diet, which mm-hmm. I know a lot of people hear about from naturopaths, is <laughs> probably the best way to sort of figure out what's the um, trigger for you. Yeah, to pinpoint exactly it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, um, I guess the last thing to sort of touch on, I guess, from the, the dietary perspective is ensuring you're getting enough water. Mm-hmm. Even if you put some lemon or lime or any citrus, sometimes I even put like lemon and um, a green tea bag or yeah. something in just to spice it up if you don't just like plain water. No, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it is hard to just make sure you're drinking enough. I agree. Especially with these masks on all the time. I know, we always forget to drink water. Like when this dehydrates <laughs> me more than anything, if I'm gonna be honest no, with you, I, so. I agree 100%. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, so those are just some general lifestyle sort of recommendations and supplements based on the research, just mm-hmm. to educate everyone a little bit about that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Michelle. Um, we are going to have her on a part two of um, the headache um, podcast. Mm -hmm. So we will chat with her next time about tension headaches. Yeah, tension headaches. Yes. yes. <laughs> we can't wait. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs>